Welcome to Textonation. Joining us is Mark Atkinson, the CEO of a company called Mersion, M-U-R-S-I-O-N. Thank you for joining us, Mark. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Interesting company, and I'll let you give us the description of what you're all about. So Mersion provides immersive simulations for learners to practice difficult conversations they have in the workplace. Um, we work in a variety of domains. Um, in education, we help teachers um, work on inclusive pedagogies in the classroom to support all learners. So, for example, we do a lot of work um, designing virtual classrooms with children that might have special needs. For, for example, a child on the autistic, uh, on the autism spectrum, and um, and giving a teacher an opportunity to practice the pedagogies she would use to make that child feel um, that all of his or her needs were being met in the classroom um, so that they practice on fake kids, in our case, digital avatars that they're, that they're interacting with um, before she actually uh, uses those strategies on real children where the consequences are so much greater. Um, we do the same work in healthcare, working with doctors and nurses on their bedside manner. Um, and we do a lot in the corporate world uh, around leadership development and customer service offerings where interactions um, can either be um, um, inequitable in the sense that you find people who aren't being treated fairly in, in, in office dynamics or, um, or uh, customers or colleagues can be outright hostile. And, um, and, and a huge part of the skill that workers need is, is the ability to de-escalate conflict, problem solve, um, get to a mutual understanding that allows the, the, the business matter at hand to move forward. Uh, so we do that as, as well. Really interesting. So describe for us what the experience is like for these uh, employees of your of your customers are are they, are they wearing vr equipment or is it just on a screen uh, it sounds like a lot of ai involved too uh yes yes and yes so all of the above um it is uh, possible and and indeed preferable to to use uh, vr headsets for version it is after all a vr platform however um uh, both in the current environment um uh where people are not going into the office, um, it's unlikely that the tens and the thousands of, uh, of employees at some of the companies we work with um, have headsets at home. And so we will deliver the same simulation experience on a laptop or even on a phone um, where people would, would essentially do it, have a 2D version of the simulation. So you, there's a scheduling system. You log in, or in some cases, people will do simulations on demand. Um, they will be greeted by a host avatar, um, a digital character who looks quite real, who speaks to them in real time. Um, I'll explain how in a moment. That, that host avatar will say, welcome, Fred. Um, today, um, we understand that you know, you're a doctor at the Eastside Medical Clinic, and, um, and there have been a lot of COVID cases lately and a lot of stress in the workplace around um, doctors and nurses juggling their shifts and, and trying to maintain a work-life balance while the crisis is fuming and, and, and you have to have the difficult conversation of talking somebody into 
taking that extra shift because it's it's part of their duty here, despite the fact that they may have a sick relative at home. And, you know, those those are tough conversations and they can often be emotional. And you're going to want to practice that um, experience the stress that often produces the kind of emotion that gets in the way of saying the wrong thing in the moment. Um, uh, get some feedback on how you're doing and then move into your back into your real world experience. And so our host would explain that scenario. Um, the scene would dissolve and you'd find yourself in a virtual world that looks very much like your, the hospital where you'd be having that conversation. And all of the energy and distraction that sometimes causes you to make a mistake in the conversation would be present. Um, the avatar could be a bit rambunctious, uh, a bit emotional, and, um, and might even know enough about you to push some of your buttons um, that often get you to say the wrong thing. And, and, and you'd have that sort of 15-minute chance to practice, pause, and go back into the conversation and get the kinks out, uh, if you will, in order to make sure that when you go and have, have to do it on the job later in the day, that, that you do it as, as best you can. And we are, we're able to do that um, by virtue of blending um, artificial intelligence and real human improv performers around the world who log into our system, have been trained in various scenarios, and know how to, um, and know how to drive these simulations. And so um, we've been machine learning the role of the human and the tens of thousands of, of simulations that we've done in each of the domains I listed above. And, and as we do so, the AI piece of our system gets smarter and smarter and smarter. And the human spends more time kind of guiding the simulation and less time actually having to deliver it. And so um, it, it's, it's always a moving target where the AI begins and the human ends. In, in our simulations on any given day. And, and our goal is to make it possible to continue to leverage the human, to make sure that everything we do is about empathy. At the end of the day, we're trying to make you better. We're not trying to trick you. We're not trying to humiliate you. We're not trying to even make you fail. What we are trying to get you to do is experience the same level of stress that you're going to experience when you have that conversation later in the day so that you you, as I said earlier, you kind of get the kinks out and so that you, you, you're calmer when you, when you encounter the real situation at work. So that's how it works. Very, very interesting. Now, is the con are you providing the technology platform for this or the, or the content as well? Uh, I assume that different uh, customers of yours would, would want to tailor content to their way of thinking. That's that's also an insightful question. They do. We we over the years we have built up thousands of, of simulations in various, um, as we say, sort of horizontals. And by horizontals, I mean leadership development, customer service, bedside manner, the wide range of competencies that teachers need to have. So if you think about those skills, if you will, that's what I meant by horizontal. And then you and then you slice those skills by the vertical, the sort of the context of work. So I'm a telecommunications company. I'm a food service company. I'm a K-12 primary school versus a secondary school. Obviously, the kinds of characters you might be interacting with, whether they be children or adults, could be different. They could be more or less um, senior in the sort of corporate hierarchy, if you will. So we've built up, a, if you fill in that matrix of all the kinds of conversations you'd have in those various contexts, we have a bank of over 3,000 simulations that we've built. And we're, we're adding to that bank 
every month right now and more and more differentiating it. So if you're um, in one of the top eight uh, consulting firms in the world and you're doing leadership development, we probably have a bunch of scenarios that are relevant to you because we work with a lot of the top eight consulting firms in, in the world today. And if you're in telecommunications and you're doing sort of customer service related work, um, the odds are we, we have a fair bit of uh, a fair number of simulations that are relevant to you. And the same might be true in a wide range of other domains where we just we have a lot of Fortune 500 companies that are using our system right now because, quite frankly, you know, managers are trying to lead and service workers are trying to serve in very difficult conditions, socially, economically, politically, all of the things we see, you know, transpiring in our society are infusing um, the culture of work and the experience that managers and frontline workers are having with their colleagues and, and the customers every day. And the ability to get to a shared understanding in a calm and responsible way, as much as it is a challenge in our political discourse, it is also a challenge that companies are wrestling with around basic service and productivity. Is there an issue at all uh, with, with comfort level in using this technology? Or on the other hand, are, are people more comfortable uh, having training with uh, a virtual character on screen or in a, in a, on a headset? So it's a very um, so like all of your good questions, right? That there, there's a yes and a yes to that one, and obviously that there's a little contradiction in that. So yes, um, occasionally, and I would say maybe one out of every sixty or seventy times, somebody will be shocked that a digital character can be talking to them the way a real human does, and and have a sort of a, a, a pause reaction. But for the other sixty-four. 70 of those uh, occasions, um, most people um, have the follow that, that they, they let go and feel a level of psychological safety that they wouldn't feel if they were sitting across the table from a coworker practicing the same conversation, knowing that that coworker would be judging them on their skills in the moment. And um, one of our advisory board members, Jeremy Balenson, who runs the Virtual Human Interaction Lab at Stanford University, um, has done a ton of research to show that actually humans feel more comfortable um, revealing personal information to a digital avatar than they do to another human in many contexts, obviously, where the human is a third party, not their spouse or their most trusted friend. But that there is something about the sense of psychological safety one has in this environment that allows them to take risks. And as you know, it is when we take risks that we sometimes fail, and it is in that failure that we somewhat that we learn. And we want people to take the kind of risks that they need to in order to get better at having difficult conversations. I, I like to say anybody who's raised a teenager knows what this is like. <laughs> there are moments when you just have to check your emotion at the door and you just have to get centered and calm to hear out the other point of view and find and find that common ground that gets to an agreement. And, and our system is very good at providing the psychological safety people need to do that. 
where do you want to take this, and where do you envision this technology going uh, in in the in the coming months and years? So um, I'm willing to sort of claim that the kind of simulation that Mersion does will be a ubiquitous part of of learning, whether it be live workshop type learning, classroom based learning, or certainly e-learning and virtual learning forever. Um, If you think about what so much of the kind of skills that we want young adults to master um, can only be demonstrated through some form of active performance of the skill in a situational context. There's a ton of research um, uh, that, that sort of takes the metaphor of the flight simulator, you know, and applies it to all kinds of contexts, certainly the ones I named from education to nursing, but any leadership position or organizational role that involves communications or team building, um, or other forms of leadership expression. If you build training around the skills you care about and, and have thought through what those competencies are, you cannot assess whether or not anyone actually has learned anything if you don't give them an opportunity to demonstrate it in a simulated context where you can actually see that they can do the thing that you trained them to do. Um, and, and, and we spend billions and billions and billions of dollars every year in a variety of domains in e-learning modules and workshops and books and seminars, all telling people how to be more effective, how to be a better communicator, how to be a better leader with no idea at all, whether or not anybody has been able to master any of the skills those seminars and texts call for. And the only way to get close to knowing whether somebody has mastered that material is to give them an opportunity to demonstrate it. And there's no better way to demonstrate it than through a simulation. It's efficient, um, it replicates the real world experience. It's measurable and it can provide the kind of feedback that helps you get better. So I, I think that what we do will be as commonplace as video or e-learning is today. Um, that it'll just be part of the nature of learning much the same way the idea of a flight simulator seems trivial today. You know, if somebody had said, I'm going to build a computer that actually lets you figure out what it's like to fly a plane in stressful circumstances before you get in the plane and go do it, people would have rolled their eyes. I, I, I think we're at a moment in time where that's where we are around soft skills. And, and I think Mersion is the platform that's going to figure that out for folks. And I, I assume in some ways uh, Siri and Alexa and, and Google have opened some doors for you because people have become conversant with machines. Yes. Yes. I mean, not only have they opened some doors and are they pioneering core technologies, um, in some cases, you know, some of those folks are, are clients of ours who, who, use, who use our technology. And, um, and, and I think our technology is producing a data set that will someday be invaluable for making those natural language processing uh, programs that are in the marketplace today even better. Because we have tens of thousands of people every week going through simulations, repeating the same complex conversation that they might have in a very specific context. And it's that kind of data that actually can help improve these natural language processing programs to make them uh, more friendly, uh, more intuitive, uh, generally more useful for, for all for all users. So um, there's a nice harmony of interests between us and, and those kinds of organizations. Well, very fascinating. Uh, Mark, tell us uh, where people should go for more information. 
Uh, if you want to learn anything more at Mersion, please just go to www.mersion, M-U-R-S-I-O-N.com. And Fred, thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Mark. Mark Atkinson, CEO of Mersion. Now this. It takes a lot of listening to build a better radio, and that's just what the folks at Sea Crane have done. Bob Crane and his crew, nestled among the rivers and tallest trees in the world in Fortuna, California, have made a habit of listening to their customers. And that's just what they've done in building the CC Skywave SSB, the Swiss Army knife of portable radios. For everyday listening to AM or FM in the yard or patio or on the nightstand, without having to drain a mobile phone battery, it's a great companion. But it is also a companion equipped for NOAA weather information and alerts that can be life-saving. You can listen to FEMA and Coast Guard transmissions too. Beyond all of that, you can tune into shortwave signals from around the world. It's compact, easy to take with you, and built to last. The CC Skywave SSB. Click on the link at textonation.com.